Welcome to A Servant's Heartbeat. My name is Kristen. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share my heartbeat for the kingdom of God with you. Well, we've taken a few weeks off from the podcast world, but I think we're back in action and ready to talk about humility. So the title of our devotion today is The Fabric of Humility. So we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to get us going. Peter wrote, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you. And to add a little East Texas flavor in there, all y'all be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So the point we're focusing on is be clothed with humility. Now, in this this podcast format, I can't see you and you can't see me, but I am assuming at some point today, you decided to make a choice to put something on. I don't know what it was, but you decided to put something on. So from a lady's perspective, because I don't know so much about the guys here, but ladies, when we put on something, there's usually a mirror check that we do. You know, we're going to make sure that we're presentable, modest, everything looks in place. A wise lady even once told me about doing a worship check in the mirror. So when I've been worshiping, are my clothes still going to be in check and modest? On that busy morning, when you're rushing out the door because you're late for work or, or wherever you're going, you might do a check in the mirror. Am I wearing the same shoes? <laughs> you know, are my shoes matching? So just as we would check ourselves in the mirror to make sure that everything's in order, our clothes match, we're wearing matching shoes. <laughs> I encourage you next time you do a check in the mirror, ask yourself, am I clothed with humility? It's crazy as I begin to, to study this out to think that the disciple that wrote this, the one that could be thought of as a little too quick-tempered, good old Peter, has now been changed by the power of the Holy Ghost and is encouraging us to be clothed with humility. So just as you chose to put on clothes today, being humble is an active intentional choice. So have I chosen to be clothed with humility? Now let's talk about the fabric of humility. So have you ever been shopping for clothes? And, and maybe as you're shopping, you are, are touching that material and you think, hmm, this, this seems like it will be comfortable to wear. But on the flip side, I imagine that you have experienced that itchy clothing feeling and you, and you put that that garment on and you feel like man just something don't feel right about this fabric this this clothing material it just it rubs me the wrong way it's not agreeing with my skin it's rubbing against my flesh well sometimes the the fabric of humility can give us that itchy clothing feeling it begins to rub our flesh the wrong way. And, and we don't want to be clothed with humility in certain situations. Sometimes a, a situation may happen where we want to proceed 
or do our own thing in a particular way or let our opinion about something be known. And we might decide, I don't want to wear humility right now. I got something to say. <laughs> well, as apostolic people with, with, with clothing in mind, there is a noticeable difference in the way we dress. Is there a noticeable difference in our character, specifically with humility? And simply put, humility is less of myself and more of Jesus. So when people see me, they very well may see nice, modest clothing, but I also want them to see Jesus. I think John the Baptist had, a, had an understanding of this when he said in John 3 and 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. And to put what John said another way, it is necessary that Jesus be the most significant and I become less. So while those clothes John had on may have felt itchy at times, it sounds like he was clothed with humility. So have you ever considered how humility and the kingdom of God are related? Matthew 18.4 says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Well, a child is helpless in a lot of situations, and it's necessary that there is someone to guide them, teach them, and instruct them. And as independent as I want to be sometimes, there's not a moment, there's not a second, there ain't even a millisecond that goes by that I do not need the Lord. Whether it's ups or downs, highs or lows, the good or the bad, I need God. Also consider the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I, I don't know that there is a heavy significance to the order in which these were written as far as the Beatitudes go, but it amazes me that the first thing that was addressed in this, in this sermon was absolute dependence on God. So as we learn to depend more on God, perhaps this helps us in our humility. He must increase and I must decrease. I am nothing without him. So Matthew 5, 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So that poor in spirit is referring to someone that has acknowledged their helplessness and complete dependence on God, not just for things that are spiritual, but in everything. Such a realization, such a relationship detaches us from those material things of this world and helps us develop a stronger relationship or attachment to God. It's those humble people, those that realize their deep need for God in every part of their life. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So to be clothed with humility means I'm going to put off self and I am submitting more to God. I am nothing without him. So putting on this humility, how, how are we clothed with humility? 
Well, I kind of mentioned this before. It's a choice. When you got up this morning, you made up your mind. I'm going to go put on something. And some may stand in front of the closet going back and forth some mornings thinking, now what am I going to wear today? But when it comes to spiritual garments like humility, I want a made up mind. It doesn't matter how I feel. It don't matter what I think. I am placing my total dependence, giving total submission to God. I choose to be clothed with humility, less of me and more of him. It's a choice. So perhaps the mind is a starting place for putting on humility. So let's consider the verses that talk about humility and the mind. One of the first that comes to mind is Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, well, here's that humility, he humbled himself and became obedient, that's some submission, unto death, even the death of the cross. So humility, a made-up mind to be humble, has some ties to our submission. Now, to some, submission may seem like this weak thing, but perhaps we should see that submission as it's a knowing. I know where my strength lies. It's in God obeying God, being humble before him. Now to look at another verse, Paul mentions in Acts 20 verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptation. Well, being clothed with humility keeps Jesus at the center of it all, even in hard times. Now I can only imagine all those tears and temptations that Paul endured would have been real hard or much harder had he not had total dependence on the Lord. Paul also wrote in Colossians 3.12, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, and here we are, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. So we're told to put on humbleness of mind. Well, how do we do that? Well, if you back up a couple of verses to Colossians 3.10, he writes, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So this humbleness of mind is tied to putting on the new man. And this is a new man, which is renewed. (laughs) And a great place for renewing is at an altar. I need a daily altar in my life. So in the question of how do I put on humility, I think it it could start at an altar. (laughs) I want to get to that place and state of thinking that every day when I wake up in the morning, it's on my heart and mind, God, I am presenting my body as a living sacrifice. I'm not caught up in people seeing me, but Lord, let them see you. 
I am yours. I want to be holy, acceptable, and pleasing to you. That is my aim, to live a life that glorifies you. Now, putting on humility sounds good, but as I'm sure you have been thinking, (laughs) the opposite of humility definitely can can have its way in our lives at, at times if we let it. So what is the opposite of humility? It's pride. Well, what happens in the absence of humility or when pride is present? Well, something I think that's worth considering is the difference between pride and a healthy self-esteem. So pride is self-seeking, self-ambitious, but a healthy self-esteem is developed in a relationship with God. It's when you know whose you are. You are God's child. You are His. And in that, it's, it's not prideful. It's a self-esteem. It's an assurance of knowing whose you are, which ties into that dependence on Him as well. So I kind of referenced this verse earlier, but Romans 12 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So as that living sacrifice, he must increase, I must decrease. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. So that renewing of your mind, much like that new man, which is renewed in knowledge. Again, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse three, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So there is a healthy self-esteem or a way to think soberly, as this verse says, about yourself, about your talents, about your abilities, about your gifts, and about what God is doing in your life. It's this sober thinking that continues to draw us back to that place of realizing and, and committing to that complete dependence on God being clothed with humility. Now, I'm pointing fingers at myself here too, so so no shame. But I think if we're honest, we have all struggled with self-esteem and even pride at some point. But what can get us back on track is humility, that sober thinking. And looking back at Romans 12, renewing of the mind plays a part in that. I need God. I am His. I am nothing without Him. I must decrease and He increase. And it's almost like beginning to to realize this and letting this set in turns into thanksgiving when I really begin to realize how much I need Him, how much I'm depending on Him, Realizing that I have nothing of myself, but in God, 
He has given me everything I need. Now, going back to that question about what happens in the absence of humility. In the absence of humility, we can find some competition. We could begin to feel like we have something to prove or we have to meet certain expectations in the eyes of others. We start to focus more so on what others think of us rather than how God sees us. And again, I'm, I'm pointing my fingers at me and, and stomping on my toes with this one too. But speaking from a musician or singer standpoint, what happens when there is a lack of humility on the platform? What happens when there is a lack of humility in music practice? And then to branch some things out, what happens when there's a lack of humility in your youth group, in your ladies and men's department, in whatever area of church that you you serve in? What happens when there's a lack of humility? Well, perhaps Paul addresses this too in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. So in the absence of humility is strife or self-ambition and vainglory or pride. Paul was saying, rather than have those things, lowliness of mind is the better way. Lowliness of mind isn't interested in cliques or competition but the cause of Christ. So perhaps one of the binding agents for unity is humility. Simply put, humility is less of me and more of Jesus. So imagine if an entire group of people, if a music department, if a youth group, if a ladies and men's department got it in their minds, that same sober thinking, less of me and more of you, Jesus. That, I think, could turn into some unified worship. So talk about one mind and one accord, or one sober mind, sober thinking mind, and one accord. Now, to consider a little more about this pride and self-esteem, sometimes we may find ourselves in that place of feeling like, well, what is my place? What is my talent? What is my ability? What is my place of service? And we can look around and start doing some dangerous comparisons as we glance across the body and think, well, she's doing that and he's doing that. And what am I doing? And we can begin to feel insecure. Well, again, there is a difference between pride and self-esteem. Pride is self-seeking, but a healthy self-esteem is found in a relationship with the Lord. Total dependence on him. So in my moment of insecurity, perhaps one of, if not the best recourse, is to hide myself in him when I know that I know that I know whose I am. I'm less bothered by my lack, (laughs) and I'm more in tune with who he is. There's a, a song that says, through my faults and failures or my greatest victory, I know, I know, I know, I know 
Jesus has his hand on me. Knowing whose you are is a help to our humility. Now, I know, and I can speak this from experience, that what I just said is is not always the easiest thing to do when you're feeling insecure or or when you're feeling down and out. But uh, our very wise pastor has told us that when we are feeling like we're just going through it and we're going through things or we are insecure or lacking or whatever, one thing to do is start praying for others. So if you look around and feel like, man, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to serve. I'm lacking. Begin praying for other individuals in the body or those around you. So when you see sister so-and-so over there working with kids, Lord, she has such a talent for working with kids. Would you bless her? Help her to be more effective. Or when you see brother so-and-so up there leading service and you're like, God, I don't know where to serve, but would you help him tonight? Would you help brother so-and-so to be more in tune with you and to lead us together in worship? Point being, we are members of this body. I may not be clear on my function in this season I'm in, but humility contributes to unity. So if in humility, I will begin to pray for those I am serving with, I think God will use that for his glory. Now to wrap things up, being clothed with humility is a choice. The fabric of humility may feel a little itchy at first or at times. It may rub my flesh the wrong way, but I need a daily altar. And it's at that altar where I find a renewed mind, a place of sober thinking, where I can let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. So next time you go to the mirror, maybe before or after you check your shoes and make sure everything's matching, ask yourself, am I clothed with humility? Humility. 